you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. Oh, my gosh. You're just going to be amazed uh, by the author that we have on today. We're going to be talking about fashion. As most of us, my audience over all these years, I am a fashion god, and we have an amazing author. We're going to be talking about fashion classics. It's going to blow your mind, high-end society, all that sort of good stuff. We'll get into it. But So we're excited to announce my new book is coming out. It's called Beacons of Leadership, Inspiring Lessons of Success in Business and Innovation. It's going to be coming out on October 5th, 2021. And I'm really excited for you to get a chance to read this book. It's filled with a multitude of my insightful stories, lessons, my life, and experiences in leadership and character. I give you some of the secrets from my CEO entrepreneurial toolbox that I use to scale my business success, innovate, and build a multitude of companies. I've been a CEO for, uh, what is it, like uh, 33, 35 years now. We talk about leadership, the importance of leadership, how to become a great leader, and how anyone can become a great leader as well. So you can pre-order the book right now wherever fine books are sold, but the best Thing to do on getting a pre-order deal is to go to beaconsofleadership.com. That's beaconsofleadership.com. On there, you can find several packages you can take advantage of in ordering the book. And for the same price of what you can get it from someplace else like Amazon, you can get all sorts of extra goodies that we've taken and given away. Uh, different collectors, limited edition, custom-made numbered book plates that are going to be autographed by me. There's all sorts of other goodies that you can get when you buy the book from beaconsofleadership.com. So be sure to go there, check it out, or order the book wherever fine books are sold. In the meantime, to see the video version, let's go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss, bell notification people, goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss, and all our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and all that good stuff. She is the author of the book, The Ten, How and Why We Wear the Fashion Classics. This came out on June 1st. 2021. We're going to be talking about all the cool stuff and things that go into it. She is the senior fashion writer at The Guardian. She's written for Elle, Vogue, and The Telegraph. She regularly posts on the radio and on podcasts to discuss fashion history and culture. She's the author of 50 Style Icons Who Changed the World. She lives in London, and her name is Lauren Cochran. Welcome to the show, Lauren. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Good, good. And I know you were stunned when you came on the show and saw me with my flip-flops and socks and my shorts and my red shirt that doesn't match my uh, Chris Voss show hat. I know you were just <laughs> overcome with the, the shining fashion god that I am. But that being, uh, of course, wrong, give us your plugs so people can find you on the interwebs. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, the book is on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble and bookshop.org. And you can find me on Instagram at Lauren underscore Cochran underscore. There you go. There you go. We'll get in the show later if when my look comes into vogue. But uh, in the meantime, tell us what motivated you want to write this. The reason behind the book is basically I've worked in fashion for kind of 20 years. And I think I've always um, been interested in people's reactions to 
that information and how people don't think that fashion is about them. So for me, the writing this book was to show how fashion and style is, it's entrenched in how we think about society. So I wanted to show that by, by writing the sort of history of 10 items that are very familiar to all of us. And so that was the kind of the jumping off point. So give us an overarching uh, spread of the book, what it's about, and what kind of some of the teasers for what's inside. So it's about 10 different items that will be very familiar to people. Most people will maybe own uh, a fair amount of them. So we've got jeans, uh, the mini skirt, the ballet flat, the white t-shirt, the, uh, the trench coat, the biker jacket, Breton top, li- uh, little black dress. I'm sure I've forgotten one, oh, stiletto. And then I talk about the kind of social history of each item and how that item has meant different things at different times. And we talk, I talk about different kind of subcultures and demographics, but also obviously the, the stars and how they've worn these items. So you've got, as we were talking about, Marlon Brando in a biker jacket, for example, the Supremes in a little black dress, the Coco Chanel in a Breton top, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it goes through, through the history, through those different facets. That's interesting. So how did you determine which 10 articles of clothing to focus on for this book? I would have picked mostly Victoria's Secret uh, models, but how how did you uh, pick? There's no Victoria's Secret models in this book. I'm very sorry about that. Okay, well, I'll still buy the book and read it. Um, So I wanted to do it. As I said, it was about showing the kind of everydayness of fashion. Mm -hmm. So I I specifically zeroed in on things that, that I knew that we all wore every day or even if we didn't wear ourselves we knew they were very familiar and then I had a long list of all those items which had lots of other things on it gray mask sweatshirt a white sneaker for example but I narrowed it down to the 10 that I thought had the most interesting histories and the ones that kind of were most revealing about how what we wear tells us about our society Mm -hmm. and of the 10 do you have a personal favorite did you like the most probably jeans I'm sure most people wear jeans every day so I think, first of all, so personally, I have a kind of interest there, which apparently half the people in the world are wearing jeans on a daily basis. Mm. So I have that in common with half. But also, it's a really interesting story because they're so ubiquitous. Mm. And how they became so ubiquitous is really interesting. And how mm. they, you know, how you can almost look at, you can look at an old picture and sort of date the year by the style of jeans. It's yeah. True. Kind Especially with like acid wash jeans, you can definitely date yourself wearing those. I, I owned a few <laughs> pair in the, back in the day. Those are fashionable again, though. So. <laughs> I should have saved my. I still. I might have a pair, set of parachute pants somewhere. I'm not sure. I'd have to go check the storage unit, but uh, I remember owning a pair when I was in high school. So maybe those are come back. It just. It seems like if you just keep it all, it eventually comes back. So I don't. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So are my socks and, and flip-flops ever going to come back around? Is there a comeback fashion for those, or is that pretty much always going to be out? I can if, if that's really what the, the, the mood calls for, the fashion gods call for. But I usually wear them with my long shorts, not so short shorts. The Out of any of the 10, are there any that you don't like? Are there any that you're, like, repulsed by? <laughs> There's none that I'm repulsed by. I've never owned a biker jacket. Really? I could see you in a biker jacket, I don't know. Yeah, I just have never, I've always had this thing where I put one on and I feel like a bit of an imposter. Ah, I can see you as a hell's angel. Oh, really? That's nice of you to say. (laughs) Is it? Or maybe it's not, actually, (laughs) considering what they got up to. I don't know. 
I, can, I don't know. You don't seem like the burly kind of uh, person who hasn't bathed for a couple of days. And, and wow, now I just lost the Hells Angels crowd. Okay, there goes the, <laughs> at least one of them. What's the secret to finding the right pair of jeans for your body? I know one of the problems I used to have was, well, I was fat and I reached a point where they don't make jeans for me anymore. They just go, no, that's no, we're not doing that for you anymore. What's the secret to finding the right pair of jeans? I always think I, I have a sort of section about this in the jeans chapter one of the things and it's a very it's like people always roll their eyes when i say this but it is true you just have to try loads of them on ah yeah it, and then you eventually find the ones that suit you yeah um because they just change so much compared like when you think about brand or sort of like the finish or the shape or the fabric and obviously it's all denim but different types of denim etc cetera, etc cetera. i always think the other thing about jeans is Think about what you wear with them, because if you wear, for example, if you tuck your your shirt, you want to think about where they sit on your body, because otherwise you're going to get all that kind of awful gathering at your waist, for example, or always comfort. The most important thing is those things that only the person wearing the jeans can determine. That's very true. Uh, you you list several, so several different icons you list, William S. Burroughs in the trench coat, photographed by Allen Ginsberg, the iconic Marlon Brando in a biker jacket. Speaking of Hell's Angels and that whole era of bikers and dudes wearing leather, I think he ushered that in, I don't know, with that biker jacket. I mean, it, I can still see it to this day. It's still stuck in my mind. Uh, Sidney Poitier in a white t-shirt playing a juvenile delinquent. What a, what an, a consummate actor, the actor when it really came down to it, especially in his era. Marilyn Monroe in stilettos. I wear stilettos now because of Marilyn Monroe. Just uh, helped her become a sex symbol, according to your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muhammad. <laughs> I don't wear stilettos. <laughs> Muhammad. That's a joke. Uh, don't write me. Uh, Muhammad Ali, 1963, putting a hoodie through paces, another icon. Uh, Brooke Shields, of course, an icon. Not letting anything come between her and her Calvins. I think I remember those commercials in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Tina Turner rocking the leather miniskirt. Yeah, I remember, I think I was a teenager when that video came out. Mm-hmm. My eyes, I think I still haven't been able to see right since they popped out of my head. Yeah, she was. she still is just the hottest thing going Chloe, I'm sure I'm saying this because I'm clearly uh, not up on the with the kids. Chloe Sevigny? Sevigny. Sevigny. Yeah, I think the surname's French. Oh, okay. I flunked French. Uh, <laughs> the little black dress in 1996 with a pair of tiger striped stockings. Is she, is she, I imagine it's a she. Is she the one who brought into fashion the little black dress? Oh, no. The uh, little black dress dates think- back uh, a very long time. Wouldn't that go back to who is that fashion god from the fifties or sixties? And she she did that movie with with Bogey and whatchamacallit, and she was the cute girl and I don't remember. Anyway, she had like a Tiffany breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh uh, yeah, Audrey Hepburn. Didn't she do the uh little black dress? Or maybe make it I don't remember. Yeah, so her little black dress um that she wears in Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> is still referenced as one of the classic mm. little black dresses. It got one of the one of them, because obviously in movies, they always have a few different do- versions of the same item. And mm. um, so one of the dresses got sold um, at an auction house a few years ago for some, a, a lot of money. I can't remember quite how much it was, but it was a, a decent amount. And so it's seen as this kind of iconic example of the little black dress. That was designed by Givenchy, who dressed Audrey Hepburn through lots of movies. 
Yeah, the she was just an icon, beautiful. So was of course mm. Bogey. It was a beautiful, like her masculine, beautiful. That was kind of weird. And then uh, what else do we have on the list that was uh, interesting here? We had uh, Amy Winehouse, of course, just an icon of a singer and and mm-hmm. uh, a beauty in her own. In two thousand seven, wearing her signature freed ballet shoes. I don't remember seeing this picture. I, mean, I should probably have to Google it. I was never into Amy Winehouse when she was alive. I got into yeah. her after. I'm a heavy metal rocker, so that's probably why. Yeah. But she's in, in, in no doubt a, an incredible talent. Kate Middleton, the Duchess of Cambridge, black and white Breton. Is the Breton a hat? Forgive me for being so yes. ignorant. So I think that in America, it, ha- mm-hmm. it some hat of, of some description is a Breton. Because oh. another American interviewer asked me the same question. <laughs> I was trying to Google it in the background. Was it... <laughs> So was it, uh, it wasn't one of those funky hats then? No, it's it's like a striped jersey and it's named Breton because it was originally from Brittany in Mm. France and it was originally a, like a sailor's outfit. It was striped because it was thought that if someone fell overboard, they'd be easier to see against the, yeah, in the sort of 19th century. And apparently because it was French, the number of stripes on the traditional Breton is the number of victories that Napoleon had against the English. Ah, ah. So. It wasn't the number of surrender flags they did after that. But I just lost the French crowd. It looks like the pants have a little bit of either Frenchy or kind of sailor look to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're a bit sailory, aren't they? Yeah. Very fashionable. I'm going to I'm gonna order this from Amazon and wear this next week. But no, I see what you mean. So that's very cool. She's a, she's a beautiful, iconic woman as uh, as, you know. As I am. But yeah, she looks great. So you pick these items as different benchmarks in the thing. Mm-hmm. And then with each art of clothing, you give uh, tips on how to wear the classics now. So if you want to wear these classics now, this probably helped me with the stilettos because I don't think I quite look good in them yet. So maybe <laughs> I need to have the slinky dress or give us some tips on, on how to wear these classics. Can I talk about different ones. I think that I suppose the sort of takeaway across all of them is because they are so ubiquitous. You have to think of new ways to wear, for example, with like a trench coat, which we're so used to seeing in in a khaki or a kind of beige. I talk about how if you have like a brightly coloured trench coat, it's complete. It looks completely different, for example. Or you were talking about wearing the stilettos with a slinky dress. And actually, they look really interesting when they're worn with, with something else, like with a pair of baggy jeans or something more casual, because you've got those very obvious things like a stinky dress and stilettos everyone see everyone's seen that before mm. so to change it up and make it modern is the is the, the way to do it is to switch it up a bit that gives me some ideas on what to wear i've had a number of girlfriends that have had this problem why do you recommend women have more than one little back dress they always have that black dress in the closet that they're always trying to fit in and uh, usually a bikini for whatever's when summer's coming up they're like i'm getting into that bikini and you're like it's okay sure have fun with that why do you recommend they have more than one little back dress? Oh, sorry. Um, because you don't wear the same dress to the to all these different things. That people say the little black dress is very versatile, but you would you probably wouldn't wear the same little black dress to a, a job interview that you would to a cocktail bar. Probably not. You know, yeah. it would be a bit strange, or yeah. to wear the cocktail bar dress to a job interview, for example. Yeah. So it's about having just different options. Mm-hmm. So I have I probably have four or five different mm-hmm. ones and I have one exactly that's very like work focused it's got longer sleeves and a sort of I don't know below the knee hemline 
then I've got like another one that's got a kind of really full skirt and a kind of like vest top type type bodice thing so which is much more like going out on the weekend and so you have a kind of various they are very versatile but you also want to be able to adapt what you're wearing to where you're going yeah that's why I say to have more than one Awesome sauce. Can you tell us uh, what one female or one male present-day celebrity you feel is making a big impact on fashion? There's quite a few. I would say in terms of in terms of men, probably different celebrities, including Timothy Chalamet, the actor, who wore this amazing like gold suit to the Cannes Film Festival a couple of months ago. Uh, Little Nas X, mm-hmm. who is like really knocking it out of the park in terms of quite a fashion-forward looks. And in terms for women, I would say the people that I always look at if I see something on like social media, I would if I see the mention of Rihanna, I will always look at what Rihanna's wearing. I like I actually she's it's not my style particularly, mm-hmm. but I think that what Jill Biden wears is really interesting because <laughs> she wears she support she's obviously not that interested in fashion, but nah. she supports young designers by what she wears, mm-hmm. and I think that's quite impressive and powerful she's michelle obama was an amazing yeah she was like fashion icon but it's, I, I it's for, a different thing isn't it it's different. I, la- I laugh for a second because i thought you said joe biden oh no <laughs> and i was just thinking of the recent skerfuffle about the uh, black the black dress so uh, oh I, do, I don't know about that with that or not the black dress the tan, the tan suit he did oh. the Obama tan suit just recently, and it says Fox News is melting down over, oh, over, the, doesn't, doesn't over the, the failure of democracy and the breaking of our constitution because of a tan suit. But uh, he wears it well, although I think Obama did a better job with it. But yeah, yeah. Michelle Obama, what an icon gone. I, oh, I, I do agree with you. Jill is just an amazing, beautiful woman mm. and uh, a fashion icon in her own. It's interesting to see the politics in this country. They get all they get all upset over over someone who's fashionable. But I don't know. It's it's really weird. So welcome to America. So what what do you think of the past celebrities of your? Which ones have had the most influence on what we wear today? Who do you think sticks out the most? Oh, that's an interesting question. I would say if you think about the people in the book that I've got, they they are like iconic images and iconic kind of moments. So that that picture of of Marlon Brando in the biker jacket with the white t shirt on the motorbike. That's like very much a kind of iconic image. And ditto, she, she's not in the book, but Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's. She has had like huge impact on what people have worn in terms of like ideas of what chic is. She's very much held up as this icon of chic. I think probably also someone like Kate, Jimi Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix. Very much yeah. impacted what, I mean, he still impacts what people yeah, wear now. That dude, is, that dude yeah. is a god, man. Yeah, absolutely. That dude was a god. Yeah, a, a lot of great people that you have listed here that are just amazing people. Catherine Hepburn, oh, yeah. Prince, of course. I think he pretty much influenced the whole nineties, or maybe it was New Wave that did that. I'm a massive Prince head, so I can't believe I just didn't. I didn't just say Prince. Yeah, yeah. What's going Outrageous. on? Outrageous. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe, Bridget Bordeaux, Coco Chanel, all these people. Of course, you know these are the people that I shape my fashion around. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You mentioned a lot of shoes in the book. Tell us what are most versatile or most essential for people to have, because I, I just own flip-flops. I think it's a bit different for guys, because I don't really talk about guys' shoes in the book, particularly. That's okay. Okay, cool. So we'll go on the women's shoes. I think probably, obviously, to to walk in a pair of, to be able to walk in a pair of stilettos is a beautiful thing. So if you can do that, then that's great for you. I would say, like, in terms of versatility, you probably want, like, a kind of mid-heel shoe. 
that you can mm. wear. You don't. What you don't want to have to do is take another pair of shoes in your bag. Mm. That is not very chic. So yeah. you want a kind of shoe that you can wear all day and that kind of translates into lots of different events. So a mid-heel shoe, maybe a sandal that's easy to wear in the summer. I would say also a pair of, of nice flats. Not necessarily ballet flats, but ballet flats would fit into that. They've come back into fashion recently. And then also I would say a pair of plain sneakers, like to, so you can run around. And they're much more accepted these days. I talk about that in the book a bit, about how the sort of, because dress codes are changing so much, to, for a woman to wear a pair of sneakers, even in more conservative offices, is now more acceptable, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just amazing all the different things that women can do with their looks and their clothes. And for men, we're just a whole lot more simpler, unless I, I guess you really want to go for it. Of the 10 pieces in your book, which one tends to be the most expensive? And do you have any advice on how to achieve the look on a budget? That's an interesting one. I guess probably the trench coat or the biker jacket. And I guess because outerwear tends to be more expensive. But even them, you can get them for... Um, reasonable prices depending on where you shop i would say both of them to get the nicest ones and the ones that aren't lots and lots of money unless you have free money which mm-hmm. um, most people don't those biker jackets co- those, sorry those trench coats cost thousands of pounds i would say the best way to get both of those things and you'll get a really nice version of them is to get a vintage and there, there's lots on kind of ebay and depop and places like that that you can browse and find one that kind of suits you and has and has that sort of strikes you in a way that is, is feels like it's part of your style there you go there you go anything more to plug out on the book before we go i can't think that there's anything else to say about the about the book itself no yeah you gotta buy it and read it people we can only tease <laughs> out so much we can't give you the whole book on the show so it's been wonderful to have you on laura give us your plugs where people can find you on the uh interwebs and order up the book okay the book is available on amazon.com and barnes and noble uh, and bookshop.org and my instagram is lauren underscore cochran underscore there you go there you go <laughs> lauren it's been wonderful to have you on the show thank you for coming on and being with us today no problem. Thank you for having me. There you go. And guys, order up the book wherever fine books are sold, but only go to those places that have the fine books. The book is called The Ten, How and Why We Wear the Fashion Classics by Lauren Cochran. Order that baby book up today and figure out your little back, your little black dress strategy. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I, you should do a book on bikinis next, I think, and help women figure out that whole bikini thing that they do when <laughs> summer comes around. Anyway, thank you for being on. Thank you for your audience for being here. We certainly appreciate it. Go to youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss. Uh, Goodreads uh, forward slash Chris Voss. All of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and all that good stuff. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you guys next time. So we're excited to announce my new book is coming out. It's called Beacons of Leadership, Inspiring Lessons of Success in Business and Innovation. It's going to be coming out on October 5th, 2021. And I'm really excited for you to get a chance to read this book. It's filled with a multitude of my insightful stories, lessons, my life, and experiences in leadership and character. I give you some of the secrets from my CEO entrepreneurial toolbox that I use to scale my business success, innovate, and build a multitude 
executive companies. I've been a CEO for, uh, what is it, like uh, 33, 35 years now. We talk about leadership, the importance of leadership, how to become a great leader, and how anyone can become a great leader as well. So you can pre-order the book right now wherever fine books are sold. But the best thing to do on getting a pre-order deal is to go to beaconsofleadership.com. That's beaconsofleadership.com. On there, you can find several packages you can take advantage of in ordering the book. And for the same price of what you can get it from someplace else like Amazon, you can get all sorts of extra goodies that we've taken and given away. Uh, different collectors, limited edition, custom-made numbered book plates that are going to be autographed by me. There's all sorts of other goodies that you can get when you buy the book from beaconsofleadership.com. So be sure to go there, check it out, or order the book wherever fine books are sold. 